Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Sophist, the podcast where we take you through the major news and topics facing importers and manufacturers in China and Asia today. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the podcast again, and a happy new year from myself, Adrian, from the team, and Renaud, our host, who's joining us. Yeah, happy new year, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, first first podcast properly in 2022, and actually we're continuing on our series about sourcing from China yourself. And so far, we've discussed how to find the right suppliers, how to manage the production side of things. We've discussed doing inspections during production and. We're actually at the point now where the products are almost ready to ship, but we're still talking about inspections, right, Renault? And we're talking about final inspections this time.、Right. Yeah. So last time was all about check at the source, check early, check, you know, before problems sort of balloon、uh, into huge issues, right?、Mm. Because it's so painful. To deal with issues、uh, that are fully developed and that that impact a high proportion of the pieces. Now, let's say you've done that and and maybe you've got a few issues and they've worked that、uh, worked on them and so on. Okay, are you just going to let them ship the goods out? Maybe、mm. not. You know, and especially if you haven't done any inspection before, you you really don't have any idea what's. What's the, in store for you this time, right? On on this batch. So, yeah, the, the final round of inspection. I mean, it's um, it's some people who are listening to this have been doing these kinds of inspections maybe for twenty years, and they're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I know everything. But、yeah. um, the, this series is a little bit for、uh, people who are starting and are you know learning the ropes, and、um, it's good to just go over the basics, you know, but. Yeah. Well, why do you want to do it, and and when, and where, and 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 how, and and these kinds of things? That's it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, fairly top down,、uh, I suppose. Let's start with the risks. So, as I mentioned, we're we're getting ready to ship. Okay. So,、mm-hmm. I'm sure in a lot of cases, your supplier in China will be pushing you to. You know, get those goods on the boat, get it shipped because they want to get their final payment.、Um, right. But what risks do you actually face at that point if you do let those products, you know, out of China without performing a final inspection? Well, there's no return policy. I mean, that's the main problem. The main problem is you you they're going to ship the goods out to you, and maybe you already on your side as the importer, you're already reselling these products. To some of your customers, or maybe if you're yourself going to use them for some production that's going to go to your customers, it's, it's the same idea. Anyway, you really count on them, and then they arrive, and then at that point you find that there are issues.、Um, you know what's <laughs> no, okay. Number one is what's the impact, the financial impact, right? So. You have these products, and maybe fifty percent of them, or ten percent of them, or a hundred percent of them, like have some kind of issue that, or several kinds of issues that make them impossible to sell. Right?、Um, I don't know. Maybe it's 
<laughs> you know, stupid things, you know, but, but like real cases, you know, a pair of jeans that you're buying, but it's totally the wrong color and the wrong kind of, you know, the finish is horrible. You really cannot sell that. Or, you know, I don't know, a salt and pepper set supposed to be sold together, but then you, you, you receive everything is, is only uh, salt and there's nothing for pepper. I mean, it, huh. you know, you, I mean, you cannot, you, you really cannot do anything. Right. I mean, still in that case is not the worst because then next time you order everything pepper and then you, you keep yeah. them together. Right? <laughs> um, but in the short term, it's kind of a heat, right? Sure. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of issues like that. Uh, and, and some issues much more serious. Okay. So first is you get a problem. You cannot use it. You cannot sell it or some of them. Okay. So first, if it's not all of them, you're going to have to sort them out. Mm. Well, labor might not be cheap in your country. Right. Uh, so there's going to be a, a financial hit. Then some of them, you might not be able to rework them. Maybe if you could ship them back to the factory and everything, you know, but in many cases, it doesn't really make sense or is not even really possible except you commit fraud and send them under the wrong um the wrong item classification and everything but but really you you can't really ship defective goods back to china it's 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 not something that's easy and that's done every day right so you can't really count on that now so so right here you, you might have to throw away you know half of the goods or something so it's i mean it's extremely non-environmentally friendly, obviously. Uh, and yes, it's it's a big hit to your finances. There are some cases where it's much worse. Uh, if there are potential uh, safety uh, implications and you don't catch the issues, well, you might deliver products that are unsafe, you know. Mm. So for example, I don't know, a medical product that's supposed to do its job, I don't know, a heart monitor, you know, but actually maybe... A, 20% of them don't work or, you know, I mean, how bad is that? Right. And that bodes well with a recent podcast episode we did with Andrew, um, our head of new product development at Sophist about reliability testing, because maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 10% of these hot monitors don't work like right out of the, uh, out of the box. Uh, well, this is probably going to be caught before, you know, it's put on the patient. Uh, there's probably a little bit of testing just to make sure, you know, on off, right? But maybe another 20% work, but then they have some kind of issue that leads them to fail very, very early, okay? And, um, and, and, and that usually is manufacturing related. And then there's some other issues that are more design related that might cause it to fail after two months or three months or six months. Which for a hot monitor is you know is pretty bad, yeah. Um, so you might be facing very severe um, issues, you know, including legal issues, including maybe a record and so on. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, there's going to be a maybe a hit to your your reputation. The the fees you might have to pay. Maybe you get it delivered directly to your customer. You haven't cut the issues. Maybe you haven't even put your hands on the product. Well, maybe when the the customer finds that it's a problem, you might have to pay an enormous amount of money. Maybe it's, I don't know, another yeah, real case was uh, LED lights that get fitted on buses. And then, so they get fitted and then, you know, X percent, I don't remember, don't work uh, or fail very early. 
Well, getting the bus back to the 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 depot and um, and and sending a repair guy to remove and replace, you know, that was so expensive <laughs> that you know the cost of poor quality there was just enormous. And who had to fit the bill? Obviously, the the importer, right? Mm. And who was mostly left off the hook, the Chinese manufacturer, uh, because how do you go back to them and sue them for these kinds of things? And, you know, uh, maybe it's a trading company. They're going to disappear. Maybe, um, you know, it's going to go in front of a judge and there's no clear, uh, clearly documented uh, criteria, uh, you know, for, for accept, acceptability and so on. I mean, uh, in most cases, from what we see, the manufacturer just, you know, loses a customer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the importer is the one who takes most of the, the the heat that's the that's the reality of it right if you tell the the, the supplier hey we, we have this problem that are you know in most cases they won't even really believe it uh, because it's true there are some buyers who play games and pretend that there are issues and they have returns and everything that, and it's not true so are they going to do something about it i'm not sure <laughs> and then even if they believe it they're like well you know we got paid in full you know and um okay uh we're going to give you a discount on the next order which actually when i talk to customers i always tell them be very careful with that number one they can still refuse your order next time i'll tell you what actually the price is 20 percent higher yeah yeah you got Mm. a 30 percent discount but the base price is 20 percent higher so they don't lose that much and also if they don't do that you're going to produce something and lose money do you think they're going to do a good job do you think you're going to be you know uh, you will see shipment on time of good products. Well, mm-hmm. very often you're just shooting yourself in the foot when you do that because you 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 set yourself up for for a lot of issue, a lot of problems, uh, very, even higher risk the second time than the first time. Yeah, all, all of that. Sorry, I'm running a bit long on that. But no, no. All of that to say, if you just let your suppliers ship out, you know, uh, that might be fine, but you might be taking risks that you're not aware of. And and one day, maybe things will blow up, right? So. Sure, sure. The, in the episodes that we already spoke about inspections, you know, we we made it clear, didn't we, that uh, it's, a, it's a kind of safety net. And this, again, it's acting in the same way. I mean, those risks, I know you said you're going on a little bit long, but it just goes to show that it's incredibly risky uh, time period when you're getting towards time to ship. So it makes all the more sense to look at final inspections as we are in this episode. So now that we're aware of the risks, in terms of a final inspection, how do you sort of summarize what this is, please? Basically, in most cases, the products are packed in export cartons. Uh, it's, it takes place after production is finished. So there might be, there's usually a little allowance, you know, up to 20% of the, the products that might be, you know, they, they have to be all finished. However, the packing process might still be going on and there might still be 5, 10, 20%, up to 20% of unpacked pieces because they are, they are going through uh, repacking and they might still be reworking, you know, a few pieces here and there. So requiring 100% to be already and packed is a bit over overkill. So in those cases, yeah, the inspector um, 
you know, there's an appointment and he goes there and he says, okay, what's the quantity, you know, show me in your warehouse. Okay. And I'm picking these cottons at random. And, and of course, you know, the number of cottons to pick is, you know, depends on total number of, of, of cottons. Then inside the carton is going to pull out some pieces at random. And in some cases it's one piece per carton. Sometimes even for big products, you know, in furniture, often it's, it's, it's two cartons per piece, right? So I'm, here, I'm, I'm, let's imagine a relatively small product that goes, I don't know, 20 pieces in a in an export carton. So based on the total batch quantity, the inspector has to pick some, some piece, a certain number of pieces that's going to be picked randomly. Okay. Um, if the quantity, you know, when the ca- quantity is counted, is uh, is not the same as the order well, that's going to be reported right uh, if at, the, at that time the inspector is going to look at the shipping marks at the, the kind of export cartons you know are they uh, in good condition are they are they wet are they damaged what, what's going on here you know are there like several kinds of export cartons maybe some of them have been reused from a past order or something right so there are things they can they can see at that point uh, then so i say so they Look at the export carton based on the checklist. If there's some specs about that from the the, the, the customer, it's going to open it up um, and 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 check the the products themselves that might come in maybe some kind of color retail box or there might be some inner cartons and so on. So some of the inspection is about the 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 packing, the packaging, and some of it is about the product itself. Uh, now, in many cases, the you know the unit retail or e-commerce package kind of you know counts as the product itself it really has to be good itself right so you don't want any defects on these Uh, then the inspector yeah basically runs through the checklist that someone usually has prepared before that and it usually includes a mix of checkpoints about the aesthetics of the product um, about um, the functionality of the product, about maybe some uh, safety features to be tested, um, you know, and, and and you know the and some other issues like you know the the labeling has to conform to specs and so on and so forth, right? The and I, I keep saying against the checklist for a lot of products, it's also important to. Um, to have an approved sample in hand. So that goes back to a previous episode where we were talking about setting up the, the right quality standard, right? So if you have a checklist, you have approved samples, uh, you can do a good inspection. If you don't have these, then you don't really know what you're checking. So this this is, you know, sort of counting on the inspector to um, <laughs> to make up what is going to work on, uh, on on his own, you know, might be okay, but it's definitely more um, uh, hit or miss. Let's say it's, it's, it's not. This is the uh, these are cases where the importer is not taking full advantage of the inspection. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically that. That's what it is. Uh, there is a procedure. There's some um, potential holes. You know, that's potential shortcuts that are extremely dangerous especially when the inspector is counting and picking the samples, he has to make sure that he's really picking the representative sample 
right? So there's, there's a few shortcuts. Uh, that, uh, like the factory says, oh, yeah, just put the cartons at the top. You know, it's very easy. And oh, the, these cartons, yeah, we already uh, moved them to your inspection room. You know, no need to to waste your time in the warehouse and things like that. Mm. Sounds <laughs> fishy. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good, of course. That's not good because the report is only a report about these whatever 10 cartons that they, they moved, but it's not a report about the wool batch, right? Okay. So that's that deals with what the final inspection is. I suppose with final inspections, the timing of doing them is very important, right? So mm. when would it usually be performed? So if you do it too early, still during production, it might be pretty useful in catching some issues, as we discussed in episode, what is it, 82? 82, however, Yeah, however, um, you know, they will say, oh, no, nothing is packed yet. You cannot check packing. Oh, no, the quantity. Well, look, you know, here, there's uh, 35,000 pieces, you know, a little bit everywhere in the workshop. You know, good luck to count them. <laughs> um, you know, so you're not achieving the, the, the objectives of the final random inspection. You can't really make a conclusion about average quality, the average average quality level, because you, you're not picking a representative sample. Okay, now you come too late and they will say, well, you know, we're shipping the goods out, you know, or, you know for example, I don't know. Hey, you have to do it in the morning and finish at, at 10.30 because that's when we load it into the container. Mm-hmm. Sorry? <laughs> and wh- wh- when is the client going to approve anything? And, and, and how do you want us to do an inspection in just one or two hours? Uh, if we do it properly, there's, you know, there's really at least a full day. Uh, so and and these are and of course the manufacturers don't care about that they're like yeah you know well, okay then uh, if it's late it's your fault right <laughs> mm. and 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 the, the how to say the importer if they know what they're doing will say no 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 hey guys this is the these are the rules this is what you have to do sorry this is your fault you should have booked it earlier or whatever you should have let us know that it was, would be would be ready in advance. So it's very important to set the rules in advance, to set the how to say the plan, right? Yeah. Uh, like one week before, you have to 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 give a rough date, and then you know whatever uh, two two full working days before, you have to confirm the date for sure and so on. If you don't do that, then if there are delays, it's your it's your fault, right? So it, the buyer has to. You know, either work with well-organized manufacturers, or has to really insist on getting the plan. Um, you know, the, the, the manufacturer to, to to follow the plan, right? Yeah. So timing is is important, definitely. Okay, good. Uh, that's that's helpful to know. And I'm assuming this is at the manufacturer's you know facility, their factory, uh, or but yeah, uh, just to clarify where that it needs to be done and who would be doing this. Um, so, where yeah, in most cases the goods are, as I said, you know they they just got packed or they are the, the packing process is going to be finished soon, so it's at the at, at the manufacturing facility. Um, in most most cases, in some mm-hmm. cases, it's in a warehouse. But usually, when it's in a warehouse, it's because of a trading company that doesn't want anybody to know 
where the manufacturing is taking place, you know, so some kind of shady things like this. But in the vast majority of cases, it's at the manufacturing facility. And it's much better this way for several reasons. You know, and the main reason is that you are giving feedback to the manufacturer. You know, it's like a little bit of training on your quality standard because the inspector is going to go there and going to, going to tell them, well, you know, this is a minor defect. This is a major defect. Da, 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 da. You know, this is not good because look at the approved sample, you know, and the client, they, they really want it to be that way. Oh, okay. Right. So it's a, it's feedback. It's sort of training to the people, mm. you know, the quality team and the, the production team, they're going to get this feedback and it's quite, um, quite positive. And if they don't agree, then, you know, there's an inspection report with some photos, maybe some videos, and everybody can then comment on that, and the the buyer can clarify certain things, right? So yep. giving that feedback there, rather than to warehouse workers who don't give a hoot, you know, who don't even know where it's mm. been made, that's uh, that's quite valuable. And you asked who does inspections? Well, basically you don't want to count only on the supplier's inspectors in 99% of cases. You know, self-inspections, let's say that um, that can work only with suppliers that have really proven that they, how to say, they've proven with, you know, good quality performance that they, they, uh, they don't mess up, right? And you want them to show you proof that they have done their inspection and you might still do your own inspection right after anyway. Uh, but maybe not hundred percent of the time, maybe only for the big batches or like a random with a random element to keep mm-hmm. them on their, on their toes. But really you don't want, you don't want a self inspection by the manufacturer or the, the trading company themselves, just because there are commercial considerations, you know, that, might impact you know influence their judgment just a little bit you know anyway, if we tell them about that you know but do they really care whatever you know we can discuss it if they not if somebody really notices you know in two months uh, whatever we'll see but at least we get the payment first and so on so that's what you really want to avoid now having said that do you want to have it done by your own team or by yourself you can fly there and um and, and be there and check the goods yourself, or do you want to work with an inspection agency? That's really up to you. And there's, there's, an, there's a lot of considerations here. Uh, for example, if you buy I don't know, a very specific product like stones, you know, maybe for um, um, uh, construction, mm-hmm. uh, they have to be a certain aesthetics, you know, or I don't know, maybe um, furniture that looks like, uh, relatively old furniture, you know, so it's not, it's full of defects if you want, but it's intended by the, for the, for the design of it, for the look of it. Right. So, you know, how's an inspector really going to, to handle that? There are cases where um, you don't really want to rely on an inspector or sometimes you, you say, well, the color itself, you know, it's so, you know, I want exactly this shade of color. It cannot be like a tiny bit more or less. So if you cannot have boundary samples uh, to to set some limitations in that and, and so on and so forth, then you feel that you have to inspect everything yourself. You know, I've seen some people do that. Now I don't know how they're doing now with COVID. If they keep uh, 
uh, they keep their manufacturing in Asia, but mm-hmm. um, some people were really flying just for just 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 for an inspection. It's kind of insane, but uh, anyway, their business. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to judge. <laughs> um, yeah, and but yeah, there's there's a bunch of inspection companies, and we've been doing that for more than 15 years. So really, finding inspectors that have some experience in your product category very likely is not an issue. Sure, sure, absolutely. And uh, now, just before Chinese New Year, it's uh, quite a busy time for inspections, isn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, right now is still okay. Now, Chinese New Year is what, uh, 31, 30 or 31 of January, right? It's the, I think it's the 2nd of February, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so the factories are going to close, you know, by the 25th, like most workers will be gone, most migrant mm. workers anyway. So, yeah, from the, I don't know, the 15th to the 25th is going to be a race. Mm. Yeah. But then, I mean, I'm wondering how it's going to play because um, usually every year you want to catch the, the last boat before CNY, you know. But but this year, I mean, they know they're not going to catch that boat. <laughs> no boats. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's already full and then there's no containers. and all that, you know, So I'm wondering if there's going to be as much pressure. Now, the problem with putting a lot of pressure on them, and we talked about that in an episode about Chinese New Year, uh, not long ago, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. If you put a lot of pressure on them, you're basically giving them an excuse. Oh, yeah, we messed up on quality, but you told us that timing was so important. You know, we rushed for you. We, we pushed them like, <laughs> to, to work through the night, you know. Mm. Like, it, it's, it, it's not human, but you, you were putting a lot of pressure on us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, of course, you know, when you do that, you can expect quality issues here and there. I mean, of course, people are not sleeping. What do you think? But we really did as you wanted, you know. So be careful not pushing too much. Right. Yes. You've mentioned some of the benefits of fund inspections earlier on during the episode, but uh, just to lay them down quickly, I, I suppose there's several benefits um, that are fairly unique to final inspections when we compare them to earlier inspections that you might do, say, during production. So. What are these, please? How do we how do we differentiate them? Oh, uh, sure. So it's it's the only time, apart from let's say when they're loading a container, but it's kind of too late at that point to to stop the shipment. It's the the, the only time when you can really count the quantity, check all the packing elements and the labeling, and really pick some samples at random, because before that, you. Um, Whenever things are in processing, you know, it's it's kind of spread out here and there. It's not even really easy to count and to, to make sure you have everything in, in front of you uh, to pick some samples. Um, mm. And of course, you can do that earlier if you do an inspection on the, the components and the materials before, let's say, before assembly starts. Uh, but then you, you, you're not checking your finished product. You're checking something before operations that could introduce a lot of defects. Um, so yeah, that's, that is the only time when you can do that. And if you find issues, you can stop everything and ask them to, um, to, to, to do a sorting job, to maybe to throw away some of them that cannot be repaired and to do some repairs and, and so on. Uh, it's, it's, it's the only time where you can redo that. Now, these are the benefits. Now the problem is, if you find an issue 
a big issue at that time, then, ouch, you know, mm. as we were discussing last time about checking quality earlier, uh, if you check quality later, uh, the issues become much more costly to the manufacturer. That's why you, you want to keep them in the, at the factory, right? Um, because otherwise it's going to be very costly to you uh, to fix them. But it's so costly to fix sometimes that they just balk. They just say, no, sorry, uh, uh, we can't do that. Uh, you know, uh, we think it's acceptable. We don't think you're reasonable. You know, and it goes into this kind of thing. Oh, yeah, the standard, yeah, whatever. But, you know, um, uh, sorry, if, if you're that tough, we're not going to rework it. We're going to sell the products on Taobao or whatever. So sometimes the factories do like that or they just wait so that if the buyer says, I'm really in a hurry, come on, hurry up. And, uh, you know, by Monday, I need you to have everything ready again. I send my inspector is okay, you ship out because I cannot wait any longer, but I cannot take these pieces. So if you do that, you send the message that timing is as important as quality and maybe more important. And that's extremely common. You wouldn't believe, I mean, it is so common. And, and, and the manufacturer, you know what they're going to say? Okay, okay, no problem. Uh, they do nothing. An inspector comes again. Maybe they find some is- the same issues, maybe worse, but maybe they don't even see the issues or whatever. Um, and, you know, and then let's say they, they pick up on the same issues and the buyer sees that and they're not happy. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, we... Um, Oh yeah, the the people when they were sorting, they did not see the defects. Oh yeah, okay, um, let us try again. And the buyer is like furious, right? And it kind of goes maybe a second cycle like that, and then the buyer kind of gets the message: they're not doing anything. So if I want the goods on time, I have to ship now, because yeah. even if I wait uh, three more weeks it's still going to be the same poor quality, but it's going to be three weeks later, right? Mm-hmm. So then they, they, they are, the manufacturer pushes them to choose what is worse for you, late or poor quality, right? Mm-hmm. How bad is that poor quality to you? Is this not very nice, but acceptable or really not acceptable, right? Uh, and the buyer, if they are really held by tight deadlines, well, it can be extremely frustrating, um, but they have to choose and they have to send the signal that maybe sending on time is more important than sending good good quality. What a bad signal to the mm. manufacturer. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting point, actually. And, and I suppose the, the message here that I'm getting is that uh, it, the final inspection, it's it's a very, very helpful tool for all of the reasons that we've discussed so far in the episode. But Mm -hmm. if you're looking at only doing that on its own, it still comes with some risks, right? So it's kind of more like the tip of a pyramid. Yeah, you could say that. If, again, if you have a tried and tested supplier that has shown you that the risk is low, Mm. And it's and the product itself has been running for some time in that same factory without any major engineering changes. Doing just a final inspection is fine. Sure. But if it's a new factory, new product, or a pretty inconsistent factory, mm. wow. <laughs> if, if the batch size 
uh, and the money at stake justifies it definitely do more than a final inspection do inspections earlier in uh, in in production yes mm. yeah okay that makes a lot of sense good great um really really helpful advice there about what a final inspection is when it's performed who does it you know a lot of the benefits you've outlined and some good guidance from yourself about sort of best practices of uh, of using them as well so uh very very good helpful episode there and no thanks hey nice okay i hope it's helpful again it's yeah. it's more geared you know for um people who are discovering all this sure uh, sure so and and we we're doing these in the middle of other episodes that are a little bit more you know, on topics that are a little bit more advanced. Uh, and that, that, that's what we're going to do in the, the next um, one or two episodes, you know, going more, um, yeah, more advanced topics, basically. Uh, yes, you, you've got a couple of guests coming on in the next couple of episodes. That's yes. That'll be exciting. And I, I know I've been mentioning this for a while, but uh, when we hit 10,000 downloads, which seems like a while ago now, we said we were going to revisit one of our most popular topics, which was the mm-hmm. new product introduction process. And you are actually going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks. So definitely right. looking forward to that one. Yes, we'll go over that with Andrew. So that, that's, uh, that's great. great. He's got a lot of, uh, lot of experience in, in, in that. Yep. So, um, and yeah, just a word to the listeners again. I know I'm repeating myself, but um, if you like the content we're producing, you know, just like it, give it a star uh, in the, um, maybe a comment or two. It's always nice <laughs> in uh, whatever app that you're listening to, uh, to, to this podcast. Um, yes. It's yeah, please quite do. encouraging. We, we always share them on social media as well. So if you go to Sophie's LinkedIn page, for example, they're shared on there. Uh, if you've got any uh, friends or colleagues that might enjoy it, please share with them. Right. <laughs> Great. Well, until next time, Renault, thank you. And thanks for listening. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.